Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love Radio Show. So, well, here we are where this is part two of last week's radio show and article. And I think it's really good timing for this radio show and article because Christmas is really close and this time of year can bring up for many people big stuff. It's a time when young wounds can be triggered and we can fall back into codependent traps. I just really want to say I am constantly inspired by this community with so many people becoming authentic and realizing that to varying degrees we all carry wounds and fears that have separated us from our true wholeness. And I really hope as a result of reading or listening to part one that you have compassion for yourself now, understanding that this has had so much to do with the way life was modelled to us. As I discussed last week, humankind has been programmed with conditional love. Not believing we were worthy of being loved and accepted just for ourselves. If our role models espouse this, mostly because of the messages they also receive from their role models, how on earth could we have known any better? In this time of incredible human evolution, we can all wake up to a much higher truth. That if we try to achieve our wholeness from false substitutes outside of ourselves, we're always going to come up empty no matter what we strive to get or experience. So we are all shifting out of looking outside in order to become love and acceptance internally, unconditionally and realizing from this platform of self-integration, then we can expand and and we can become more. Whereas if we start off with internal separation, then everything we try to grasp is only going to accentuate the experience of less. Many of my personal clients and NARP members are presently accessing very deep internal wounds and the subsequent shifts, which are reversing the beliefs of separation and unworthiness. These are the core beliefs which have caused the powerlessness so many humans suffer. These are beliefs such as, I am always alone and I can't look after myself. These are the human illusions about not being connected to oneness. The belief that source life God does not have our back is not devoted to us and that the biggest energetic quantum level of ourselves is not already connected to all of existence. Having all the capabilities, resources and co-partnering to be our most expansive and truest selves. It is all of the beliefs about fear, separation and evil that have kept us small and believing we are not capable, worthy or partnered by source. I love that so many of us are determined to break free from these illusions, to create our birthright of wholeness and magnificence. One of my most favourite quotes of all time is this one by Marianne Williamson. And it's a very, very famous quote. This is how it goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I? To be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous. Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure about you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. 
It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And that was from a return to love, reflections of the principles of A Course in Miracles. So notice how Marianne states the glory of God that is within us. Quantum scientists believe that creation in itself, very creation itself, is in our DNA. They believe literally the consciousness of the universe is inside us. So these stories about being separated from this true beingness and having to conditionally prove, repent to get, beg forgiveness or earn these rights, I don't believe they're the truth. Nor do I believe that if you are big, that you will be conceited, arrogant and even out of control. I promise you, narcissism is smallness, it's not bigness. It's the need to control outcomes, prove, bully, reduce others in order to win. Take by force, apply conditions and manipulate. All of this comes from internal smallness. True greatness just is. It has no need to grandstand. It just organically is itself manifesting more of that in the world. A true big self is an organic connection to all that is. It's solid, calm and whole, needing nothing to be whole, simply creating more truth, light, authenticity and well-being wherever it goes. That is our goal to reach towards. And it is only when we lose the small and false ideas of ourselves that created us to not be naturally ourselves that we will start shining. So let's have this conversation about can we heal from codependency? I received a comment last week on my Facebook post from a gentleman discussing codependency being learnt behaviour which can be unlearnt whereas narcissism is a broken mirror that can't be fixed. And I'd love to discuss this because it brings up some very important points. First of all, I totally agree that codependence can heal from the codependency whereas narcissists will invariably never heal from their codependency. And we need to remember that both narcissists and codependents struggle to be a healthy source to self. It's all a struggle with codependency. The reason why narcissists can't heal from it is because there is so much pathology with the false self takeover that they don't believe that there's anything wrong with them. The false self to be maintained requires impunity and being above reproach. The meeting of the truth, that there is some serious inner wounds that need attention, means the false self would have to give up the charade, which means it could no longer exist. By very definition, it could no longer exist. So what would be left for the narcissist if that happened? This. A shriveled up, abandoned inner self which has been totally discarded as ineffective, pathetic and non-applicable. The narcissist does not want to revive it and has chosen to live life exclusively through the lens of the false self instead. So what does it look like in real life when the narcissist is presented with the opportunity of taking a path to healing? Which means... A breakdown experience because that's what every breakdown experience offers an opportunity of. It looks like the narcissist using any tactic possible to retain the false self because without it the narcissist would feel emotionally annihilated. This means zero accountability unless feigned or in a rare short window of narcissistic injury when the false self is temporarily crippled. And every and any defense to project and deny personal responsibility, the narcissist needs to retain winning 
which means being right at any cost. Without humility, accountability and personal responsibility, no healing is possible for anybody, point blank. This is why narcissists don't heal. Now back to codependence. Many codependents get to the stage of humility, personal responsibility and accountability meaning there must be something about my inner wounding that is co-generating these experiences in my life. I've had enough. I can't go on like this and I need to heal. Codependents have a conscience and they don't sell their soul and further destroy their inner being by pillaging, stealing and raping energy to survive like narcissists. And we need to remember that on the quantum level, we are all one. You can't do something to someone else without it energetically impacting yourself. So for the codependent, they can't continue to knowingly harm others in the malicious ways that narcissists do. And they can't continue to destroy their inner being by taking that path. They mightn't be healing and they might be hurting their inner being in other ways, but not in that way. So it's just not an option for most codependents taking the path of the narcissist. For most codependents, they'd rather heal. Now the exception is the codependent who has become trapped in victimhood and hangs on ferociously to the stories of why I can't and won't ever heal. And it can literally make me quite sick to my stomach when, and I don't go on a lot of abuse forums for this very reason, but when I used to go on them and I would read the stories of people writing, and often these people are moderators, you know, it's too late for me, my life is ruined, but I'm here to help others. And, you know, you can never lead where you're not going. It's just... An energetic impossibility. So the codependents that are caught in that framework, that's what they create. So it is. These codependents don't heal. When a codependent has decided to heal, there are two paths in regard to healing that can be taken. The first being the most common, the cognitive path, which is dealing with only the logical mind which is the 40 bits of information that we process per second, according to Dr. Bruce Lipton, who was a renowned neuroscientist. Now, on this path, we don't have a deeper spiritual, energetic, emotional, which is a knowing connection to truth. We can't connect to the quantum level in ways that transform it. And we're trying to heal through what other people say we can do, Recognition of common patterns people have and discussing the tactics and the ways of being that need to be learnt. Now this is very difficult because the obvious problem is how can I be a certain way if I've never learnt how to be it? Many people who've had horrendous childhoods can get really snagged in the victimhood of I know my issues I know I don't know real love and never had healthy boundaries modelled for me, so how on earth can I do something I was never shown? And now I am an adult with no clue. I don't have these skills. So this leads to trying to work out something cognitively and believing the outwards in model. If, If I can do it, then I will know it. Then what unconsciously happens is people try to find someone else to bring forth what was missing so that they can experience it and then know it. This defies the quantum law of being a generator of our own experience. The beingness occurs before the experience and it keeps us powerless and codependent if we're not realising that. The second path we can take is the deeper spiritual, emotional, energetic path. We can work directly on our subconscious, which is the almighty 40 million bits of information 
that we are processing per second. So this is where our life, our beingness is being generated from. Our subconscious is so powerful, it controls the functions of our organs. It tells us to breathe even when we're asleep or unconscious. And it keeps our heart beating. It is also responsible for the literal trillions of chemical activities our body is engaged in every day. Our logical mind has no more ability to direct that than it does the sorting out of our emotional composition, which is where our beliefs, behaviours and who and what we generate attract in our life lies. Trying to work out our emotional belief systems and reprogram them logically creates the powerlessness of analysis paralysis which happens when we try to think our way out of emotional pain and confusion. We all know, if we're honest with ourselves, that when we're highly triggered in emotional pain and confusion and we try to sort it out logically, we end up making more of a mess of it. Think about those times and you know it's true. When we take the deeper, wider, more profound path of engaging with our subconscious, we realize some pretty incredible things. We contact and we feel the quantum level of source, life, God connection to us of wholeness and well-being. We realize we already are all the states of beingness we wish to have an experience and that it is all the illusions of disconnection from ourselves and the accompanying false and painful beliefs that have kept us separated from this. When we start shifting ourselves at a subconscious level, we start organically becoming self-love, self-acceptance, worthiness and doing healthy boundaries. We no longer fear being authentic and showing up as our true selves. Did we have to learn this? No. We realize we already are it. This was not new. We only had to reconnect in order to feel and know, remember who we really are. That's a powerful word, remember. It means to remember. It means to reintegrate. In effect, we become source flowing through us, which is our natural coded intended state. It's our true self. This is how the inside out model works. We stop trying to logically formulate how to be different and instead shift the false beliefs and pain out of our body, our subconscious, to naturally connect back to who we already are. How many times have those of you who do shifts released a painful belief, brought in the source truth on it, and then woken up with, wow, I've just remembered what I already deeply know as truth. This experience is exactly the process of awakening. It's a process that happens within as a result of purposefully evolving myself, I have these experiences most days. The stuff I write to you is not taken from outside sources. It is source flowing through me. We all have that connection. I'm certainly not unique. The only way we ever know anything is when it's anchored in our body. Any false idea we have ever had about life, ourselves and others, feels like rubbish in our body. That's how we start knowing the massive difference between false beliefs and source truth. Anyone, even a narcissist, who decided to fully meet their inner being to do the work and who collapsed into the inner wounds with the total dedication to love themselves enough to dig them out and replace them with source beingness, can heal. This means giving up the victim story. Life happens to me and it's everyone else's fault. 
and the self-avoidance tactics and addictions that keep us separated from self. Depending on the level of wounds, it does mean having a death-rebirth experience. It means we midwife ourselves through the death of our old way of being, which is egoic survival fears, into the rebirth of our true and greatest self. It means we meet ourselves to do this with love, devotion and dedication. How can a narcissist do this when he or she loathes the damaged inner being? He or she can't and neither can we if we don't give up blaming and shaming ourselves. It's only the dedication of total unconditional love to our inner being that can produce real results. The irony is, We've all been wanting to be rescued, narcs included, by something or someone outside. Whereas the truth is, we were the only one who could ever do the rescuing for ourselves. So let's have a look at this topic. How can people have power over us when we logically know better? One Facebook member posted this question. Why is it that a man can have so much power over me when I always consider myself a strong woman? It's like he owns me, when every logical part of my being knows I own myself. I love this question, because it's a question I've heard so many times, and it's a question that I used to agonize over myself. The key word this lady wrote is logically. This is the stumbling block. Knowing something logically is not where our power is. Our power is knowing something somatically in our body. Logically knowing something is only having an idea of what you would like to be. Having it anchored in your body means you are it. There is a profound difference. I'll give you an idea of what really goes on with our mind. In short, it follows our body, the subconscious programming to the letter, no matter how much we may not want it to. I'm going to explain this in a variety of ways, starting with, think about this. Different people can see one event and all have a different account of it. Why is this? Because their mind sees what it wants to see. What this means is their mind makes up the account due to their already existing belief systems. Here's a simple example. A group of friends in a restaurant see a woman being really angry and upset with her husband. A guy in the group who had a domineering mother believes this guy is being browbeaten by his wife and can't imagine why he stays with her. A lady in the group who had a dominating father, believes this man has pushed his wife so far she can't take it anymore and wonders why she is still with him. Another lady, whose parents were always arguing and were totally unemotionally unavailable to her, feels so triggered and upset by the episode she is doing all she can not to run out of the restaurant. Another man, who has done a lot of work on himself, feels compassion for both of them, knows they are doing the dance of their journey, which means triggering each other's wounds in order to heal them, and it's all in perfect and divine order, no matter how it looks. So we know that what is happening is totally subjective. How we think, feel, and formulate is totally determined by what has gone on for us before this event that represents this event. Now back to why people control us when we know logically better. Let's say you know you are a confident, powerful woman. You can make business work, you have your own home and finances sorted and you have good relationships with friends and children and your children. Yet, in love relationships, you find yourself totally hooked to abusers and handing your power over. The logical thought about this is, I'm, I'm strong and capable, but he talks to me like dirt, hurts me all the time, and I end up apologizing. 
I'm terrified of walking away and leaving him. Why? You need to understand these logical statements are not connected to inner empowerment. They are merely surface level ideas about what you would like to be, which is powerful and confident in this situation, like you are in the other areas of your life. And they're also about what is happening, which is the symptoms of what is playing out. It's not the cause, it's the symptoms. And the symptoms are, he talks to me like dirt, hurts me all the time and I end up apologising. I'm terrified of walking away and leaving him. Despite this, it isn't until you get out of your head, which is only surface level, and get into your body communicating directly with your young, wounded, vulnerable emotions that you are going to find the true answer, which is the real cause, or be able to heal it. So this is an example of the real reason why this is happening to you. The truth lies in the inner subconscious, subconscious drivers, the inner programs that are leaving you powerless. Something like, people who love me hurt me, but I need to cling, otherwise I'll be abandoned, rejected, and I can't survive on my own. This part of your subconscious, the almighty programming that is running your life is a little girl, not a grown woman. And she can't be logically told to be healthy. In fact, she can't even hear logic. It doesn't reach the subconscious. She needs to be healed emotionally and energetically in order to become healthy. If this part of you, your beliefs connected to intimate love, were healthy, you would show up as an adult woman and state, hang on, this abuse is not my deal, not my truth, and not healthy for me, so goodbye. And you would mean it and be relieved that you are no longer around it. Instead, the young, unhealed, wounded part of you is being triggered into incredible fears of abandonment and emotional and maybe literal survival fears that cause her to cling, allow the abuse and hand her power over. I promise you, this was my stuff through and through until I up-leveled my subconscious. Now, logic has no bearing on this. Only emotional healing and up-leveling will. So what happens is, when the abuse starts, your inner being panics. She starts showing up as a little girl. She doesn't have rights or limits or the maturity and solidness to hold her own energy. And her mind in this low frequency of fear and pain is making up stories to justify clinging on and not leaving. Remember, none of us can do anything at all unless we have a justification for it. So the stories you will be running are, he can change. Or I just can't for some reason survive without him. And I know we're meant to be together, he just has to wake up. Or, I can't stand this panic, I have to apologise. So really, these stories are all derivatives of, please don't leave me, Daddy or Mummy, don't turn away from me, because if you do, I'm all alone and I can't survive. When we are handing power over and staying attached to abusers, we have assigned the abuser as the original parent, as our true source of love, survival and comfort, and we cling like our life depends on it. Because subconsciously, that is exactly what the young, wounded part believes. So this explains exactly this Facebook comment another member posted. I want to know why I'm more comfortable chasing and pining for the tiny crumbs of phony love from a charming narc than receiving the feast of authentic real love from an attractive non-narc. It defies all logic. Again, there is the true key staring us in the face. It defies all logic. Yes, it does. Our subconscious programs vehemently defy all logic. And this is the one key that we were not taught that keeps us from healing. But instead, when we address 
the subconscious components of ourselves and up-level them. We will show up completely differently. We will be a mature whole adult who is not intensely triggered into regressive powerlessness. Then we can hold our own solidness, know what is or isn't healthy somatically in our bodies and set firm limits and truths for ourselves. And we can emotionally and literally walking walk away knowing we have all of life to generate much healthier realities with. What many of us need to understand, often it is because of our young wounds of feeling unsafe and unloved, that we have overcompensated in other areas of our life. This is the recipe for many highly intelligent, capable, powerful people who are logically successful in life. Yet no matter how many capabilities we have, when these young, powerless, emotional wounds get triggered, we are right back to being that scared, empty four-year-old again. I hope you understand none of this has anything to do with logic. And if we think we can overcome our powerful emotional surges with mere logic, we know by experience we are kidding ourselves. Especially when dealing with narcissists who trigger our young powerless wounds in more profound ways than anyone else ever could. So let's have a look at this section. Are we prepared to lose it all to get it all? A lady in the Facebook group wanted to know about this topic, boundaries and the risk of losing friends and family when setting them, how to handle the pain involved when this occurs. Now this is a huge one and it's one that can keep us very trapped. Boundary setting does not necessarily mean you are going to lose people. Many of them may up-level and meet you at your new level of authenticity. But there needs to be no attachment to that outcome happening. In other words, your truth and creation of your life is not dependent on any specific people meeting you there or not. If they don't, others will. Because we're not meant to be doing life alone. We are meant to be connected and will be healthily when we truly connect with ourselves first. So the first step always is to investigate, find and up-level the original wounds inside you that are causing the belief, if I set limits, they will leave me. What were the messages in childhood? Such as, I have to go along with others to be loved. Or I have no personal rights of my own. And if I try to have rights, others will reject, punish or abandon me. If you don't up-level these wounds and try to assert your rights and do boundaries, you need to be aware that your emotional energy will be delivered from the child and it could be ineffective. In fact, the way that you show up could generate exactly what you fear. If the old beliefs are still powerfully wedged in your body, you will feel powerless, fearful and hand your power over which will mean showing up in a way that doesn't inspire connection and instead brings about rejection from others or self-sabotaging in a way where you abandon first and regret it later or being derailed into reneging on the boundary in order to not receive rejection. By stark contrast, if you up-level the original young wounds, then you will show up as a mature adult on this topic. A powerful, authentic boundary would look like a conversation like this. You would say their name. I really value our relationship. And I want you to know I would like to be totally truthful with you so that we can have a true relationship. I've been remiss in this in the past and I don't want to be now. I want to understand you and you to understand me so we can truly love each other and connect. This is how I have felt at times. And when you talk about these points, keep them as me statements, not you statements. Such as, I have felt like this and I have felt like this, not you have done this or you have done that. 
And then you would say, I would really love it if... And then you state what you want, what you need. And I would love you to be honest with me about how you feel and what you need from me too. And then you would be quiet and see what is forthcoming. And know that no matter what somebody else says, you don't need to personalise it. The clearer you are on your truth and who you are, the easier it is to allow others to have their own opinions. Let's say their request is totally not okay for you, such as asking you to fix, rescue or take responsibility for something that they want for themselves. Something like, I need you to be available to come and do this when I need your help. So you would respond by validating, saying something like, I understand how you feel like you need me to do this, meaning, given that you are it, Given that you are in this mindset, it's not surprising you feel this way. And then speak your truth. I no longer want to enable you or hurt myself by taking responsibility for you. So I'm not going to do this anymore. It's a true statement. And there's no need to justify it further. Then again, wait and see. If the guilt trips start to try to hook you back in again, state, I can see how you would feel like that. And agree to disagree and know the relationship is no longer your truth. No deal. And it doesn't need to derail you. If you can't stay calm, remove yourself and ask for time to process until you get the young unhealed triggers out of the way and you can see clearly. The truth is when we decide to up-level our life, and this includes people in our life, we may need to go empty We may need to clear space for the new to be generated and sometimes there is a gap. For myself, myself, when I'm generating change, I know that if I tackle the fears that I know will come up with the emptiness and up-level those, I am much more capable of being solid, whole and full before the new order materialises in my life. And I know rather than cave in to going back, I'm able to hold my energy in order to manifest and take action moving forward. We all went through this in massive ways with the narcissist. That is, if we successfully held no contact and took on our own development. We accepted point blank. No one outside me can give me myself or heal my wounds for me. And we realized that the biggest goal was a necessary healing hiatus in order to emerge back into life as a healthier emotional being who can manifest healthier results. So this means going empty. It means giving up the distractions, people and quick fixes that we thought were sustaining us, yet in many ways may have been keeping us separated from truly meeting and doing the work on our inner wounds. Naturally, people we have known for years or are conditioned to believe should be in our life can be a really tough one. These people may be the only security we have ever known. That is, until we know the true security of our connection to Source and that we are capable of generating with the enormous resources of life as a true self. Relationships are incredibly powerful in the way they help us grow because they reflect back to us exactly what we need to heal and develop. Some of the most successful relationships are the ones that end. Narcissists and family members and friends included. You, they would never have been powerful lessons if they hadn't held meaning for you. When we become very committed to our own evolution, we not only develop ourselves, to a higher level of authenticity, we also start generating relationships of of value, relationships that are authentic. We invite and inspire people to meet us at this high level of authenticity, mutuality and desire for greater connection. Naturally, this can't be delivered with fear, need for set outcomes or the terror of it going wrong. It needs to be delivered for one reason only. You are an authentic person generating truth and love with others. You are interested in equal, honest, connected relationships of power with instead of power over. And no longer are you going to play games of hiding, withholding, pretending or separation. 
then from these types of conversations done with love and truth in your heart, you will see who is willing to be with you there. And you need to have a totally open mind because some of the least people you will expect will and the ones you think may, may not. The truth is, it doesn't matter. Everyone is doing their journey and they're in their own way and waking up at their own rate. And that's perfectly okay. It doesn't mean we stop loving and having compassion for everyone. What it does mean is we can decide to be very selective about our energy and emotions, how we spend our time and what that looks like. Are we prepared to just do inauthentic relationships anymore? Are we prepared to enable people to stay in shame, blame and victimisation? Are we willing to be the dump master for people who are not accepting their own wounds and instead making other targets responsible for them? If we are serious about evolving our lives and shining a light for others and changing our world from separation and powerlessness to authenticity and connectedness, Starting with the insides of ourselves first, the answer needs to be no. So let's have a look at the shift from codependence to independence to interdependence. A Facebook member wrote this request. How to interact in a healthy way with others who are invested in codependent relationships. Are more on what is the opposite of codependence, how that looks and feels in a relationship. Would that be interdependence? Where is the line between interdependence and codependence? Our true power always lies in generating relationship that is our true desired orientation. This means sharing power and not taking power or giving it away. And the only way we can share power is to be authentic power in the first place. Otherwise, we have nothing healthy to share. If we are with people who are being codependent and they remain like that, it means we are not being authentic. We are maladapting ourselves to stay connected and we are in guilt or powerlessness in some way which enables them to also be codependent. The biggest trap with being with somebody codependent is there is some payoff or obligation for us to remain in the game without showing up truthfully. We may think, often subconsciously, a person will stay connected to us and not leave us if they are codependent. We may believe it gives us some level of guarantee. Or maybe we feel that it is our duty to help them and stay with them if they are powerless. My worth depends on me fixing others. Or maybe we are so codependent ourselves that we are terrified about being alone. Or have the egoic beliefs of competition and scarcity that we may not do better in the future. Or maybe we believe that everyone is codependent and has issues and we use that as our excuse to stay with someone unhealthy who is not interested in personally developing and growing. Or maybe we have the empathy or compassion of, I understand your childhood, so I get why you are like this. Or maybe our messages in childhood were, you are selfish and we feel wrong or bad about deserving a partner to be empowered and healthy. And we can easily be derailed and talked out of our needs and boundaries. None of this creates transformation for you or them. It creates stuckedness. It's really important with all issues in our life to know it is never about other people. Our true creation power lies in self. Therefore, this is not about how to deal with other people's codependency. It's about being your own authenticity. And then people will either evolve out of their codependency and join you, or they won't and won't be a match for you. If we are not there yet in our solid authenticity, then we need to find and up-level the reasons why not. When we stop believing it is other people and we know everything without exception in our life experience emanates from ourselves, the quantum creation level, we stop looking outwards and we go inwards to deeply feel and find the wound rather than trying to formulate logic tactics to combat the confusion. So this is the example of doing this. We would say to ourselves, 
where is this confusion and and frustration with codependent people in my body? Okay, I feel these feelings of pain and frustration in my gut, as an example. Now I shut my eyes, I drop into this part of me and I ask it, how old is this part of me? And the intuitive answer I get is two. It just pops into my head. And this is not a logical deduction. Promise you, your logic has got no idea. Your gut does. Your inner being does. So now I feel in and I ask this two-year-old part of myself, what is this pain and confusion really about? And then the intuitive thing that pops into my head is, it is selfish for me to want what I want. Then we would realize that whilst we carry this internal belief, it is running our life. And we are not going to set limits with codependent people. We are not going to speak up lovingly and honestly about what does or doesn't feel right for us. And we are going to keep connected to people who are not in their power whilst handing over our own. I hope this explains. So now that we know the real culprit, we need to up-level this belief too. I am free and granted permission by all of existence to know my deservedness and truth and live it. And this changeover needs to take place in our body not our head, in order for it to become real for us. Then the guilt, enmeshment and powerlessness will be gone, regardless of the selfish guilt trips someone else may try to hook you back in with. When we emerge from our own codependence to know our rights and live them truthfully, with no need for anyone to get it, we need to get it. Then we are truly independent And then we can expand further and create true interdependence. We think that our life depends on other people understanding and granting approval. That is an illusion. They don't have to. One Facebook member posted, she wanted to know how to communicate when you are going through a separation and setting boundaries. If the other person does not want to separate, it's an ongoing battle. The lies create a fog and confusion. How can you work on yourself and get past the codependency when you still live with this person? The truth is no one needs to agree with you for, for you to live the truth of your life. Only you need to agree with you. We can feel very alone in this. But we need to acknowledge if someone's version of the truth regarding me is unhealthy, then I have the power to go this alone. And there are others available who are a match for this truth. It's important to understand we're not meant to be an island because there is a limit to how big or how much love we can be in independence. We're cut off from expansion ability as an extension of ourselves if we try to do it all alone just with life. We need to realize the true expansiveness of life includes other people, healthy people. True interdependence is two or more people who take responsibility for first self. They are accountable and up-leveling their own inner woundedness and they desire to share and generate true connection and authenticity from a maturing, developing inner being. This is what a healthy relationship looks like. Two people who have the total orientation. My focus is on self first and then I share and co-generate power. So let's have a look at this conversation now. How do we know when to leave someone? And this was a question asked by a Facebook member. The answer is this. When we know our own truth and we know this person is not going to meet us at a level of authenticity, it's time to leave. One of the biggest human traps is we believe people can just decide to change. They can't. Remember the almighty subconscious programs that drive beliefs and behavior. The regression back to fearful, even panicked, 
childhood wounds that cause people to do really illogical, crazy things. At these times, codependents hand over power to stay connected, whereas narcissists take it forcefully to punish. They will do anything and everything to retain I win. In relation to narcissists, the inner wounds are horrendous. And the young unhealed parts are totally disowned and abandoned. The behavior that comes from that is unthinkable. No narcissist can state, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again and have that stand up. It is impossible. The fine tripwire will be activated. The trigger will go off again. The narcissist will again be drunk with unconsciousness and will again create the excuse justification for the behavior that totally nullifies any ability to genuinely reform. It's not personal. The narcissist can't help it. The only way that would ever stop is deep, committed work done to change those young subconscious wounds. Without that happening, no change is possible. It took me a long, long time to work that out. And I know through total proof of my own narcissistic abuse experiences and the information I've gained from thousands of cases in this community how true that is. So if you have taken responsibility for your own unhealed wounds and up-leveled enough to know your truth, anchor it in your body and then set the limit of only what you will accept and then someone else either does not want to acknowledge and meet you there or says they do and is doing no work on their subconscious, yes, demand that too, then walk away. There is no deal. Or if they say, yes, I'll face some work on my inner wounds, which is highly unlikely for an end, and then even momentarily fell back into non-accountability and the old games of deflection and disowning their inner being, I don't have wounds, it's your issue, then no deal. They are not on the field, let alone near the goals, and there is no hope. The truth is, even if they did stay fully humble and accountable for their behaviour, you would still need they would still need to be totally separated from you to heal. And you would need a video camera on them to know they were actually doing that rather than just doing the narc usual assortment of pathological lying, addictions, grooming other sources of supply, smearing you and self-avoidance whilst professing they are healing themselves. Or maybe they are healing themselves whilst really gaining narc supply and allies against you with therapists or groups. Remember, the narcissist is a false self. A false self has to be right, which means you have to be wrong. Generally, it's really easy to know they aren't capable of what is necessary to heal. Your gut tells you something unsavory is happening and when you apply any pressure to get confirmation, the house of cards falls over again. It's back to projection, blame throwing, diversions, excuses and defences. This is why. I believe when narcissists do the things that false self takeovers create and there is a list of these behaviours on my article Am I with a Narcissist? then it will never be any deal. In my opinion, a line has been crossed where there is no return from. There is no true self left there to work with, heal or salvage. It's been thrown to the wolves and eaten alive by lack of integrity, deceptiveness, maliciousness and toxic poison long ago. Hence why a narcissist is capable of doing what they do with zero remorse. If there was remorse, they wouldn't be able to continue doing it. People who have genuine remorse can change. People who do horrendous things without remorse can't. That's the bottom line. So let's have a look at the biggest trap of codependency. The hugest mistakes codependents make, and this was enormous for me, is to argue, lecture and prescribe. 
all this does is feed the issue that we're codependently playing out and it hands our power over to it. And this is really counterintuitive at first until we heal. The more intelligent we are, the more we think this can be logically solved. If I just explain this and point out to this person what they are doing, which I can logically see so clearly, they will get it. We do this with our children and we do it disastrously with narcissists. What we haven't realized is that people do what they do in response to their model of the world and their beliefs. In relation to narcissists, their model of the world is from a totally different planet. So you explaining the logic of concepts that most five-year-olds know as humanity and decency to a narcissist may as well be speaking Chinese to an Englishman. The narcissist is doing what he or she believes is right. Seriously. Given there is a false self which needs constant feeding and the true self is distinguished and there is no connection left to oneness, humanity or conscience, the narcissist is operating as any narcissist would and his or her brain is making up all sorts of incredible stories to justify it. No one can do anything unless they have found a way to justify it and believe it is right. Therefore, your model has no bearing. And the more you try to assert it, the more the narcissist hits you with his or her insane, to you, model. Then you feel more abused, more scared, more battered and more attacked. No resolution. When we are doing this, we are stuck in the codependent model of if only I can change, manage or control things outside of me, I will, feel, I will feel more secure. Rather than realizing security is an inside job. It is about declaring and being our truth, created through the solidness of self-love, self-acceptance and self-confidence. And then we generate and align with more of that truth and we detach and leave alone what isn't. Until we reach this place, we don't realize the more we say no to and wrestle with something, the more we're actually saying yes to it. In relation to your children, they don't learn through you prescribing, lecturing and trying to make them get it. In fact, all that does is set up more resistance and then pushing in the opposite direction. The human soul is freedom. It reacts very badly to feeling controlled and feels intensely unsafe when forced into someone else's agenda. Our generation was all about fear and powerlessness. We all went along and paid incredible emotional prices for buying into that fear and powerlessness. Our parents' generation was in this model too. Our children, however, are much more naturally evolved they are a powerful part of this shift to truth and authenticity and they are not going to take being controlled. For your children to develop effectively, they need to learn it for themselves. They need to experience it as truth rather than you forcing them. This means learning through the natural and powerful laws of cause and effect. One direct lesson is worth so much more than thousands of words. And when your child realizes that what he or she is doing is not working in relation to what he or she really wants, your child will give it up. This is why you must not rescue them from consequences or shame them for messing up. It's the perfect way to learn. You need to bless them messing up. So a classic example would be yelling and prescribing to your child to get out of bed and get ready in the morning and you getting in her bedroom, fixing, putting things together and finding her shoes and homework. Set limits, stop fixing. And if she doesn't have shoes, hasn't eaten breakfast and has forgotten homework, put your child in the car anyway. Deliver your child, talk to the school and tell them about the limits you were setting and get on with your day. She will be very unlikely to ever do this again. And if she does, you repeat the procedures of not my problem, okay, off to school. One day as an adult, your child will remember this lesson and deliver it to her child, laughing, remembering her own experience and how quickly and powerfully it empowered her, taught her to take responsibility and wake up. 
The same goes with people in our life. If you are being abused, rather than texting frantically, describing what he did to you and how wrong that was, boy, I was guilty of this. Detach, pull away and mean it and state through your actions, I will not live with abuse. This is how we shape our life. We live it authentically. We stop handing our power over by arguing with what is happening and we simply detach from that and create what our life needs to be in relation to an end, co-parenting and doing all sorts of things regarding the children that triggers you into survival fears for your children and for you, stop pushing back and reacting. It only makes the end intensify what he or she is doing. Instead, work on yourself to lose the fear and the triggers and do everything in your power from a healthy, solid, emotional state to create boundaries and health for your children and yourself. At the quantum level, you are creation itself. And when you become aligned with well-being, integrity and solutions, they will start appearing in your life. What do you think you are creating in your life experience when you are energetically, emotionally manufacturing more powerlessness, fear, survival, anger, resentment, angst and hopelessness? I hope you understand only more of that. Every focus you emotionally have on the problem creates more of the problem. When you work hard on yourself to know, feel and be the solution without needing real life proof, then you will manifest it from the ethers where all things at the quantum level are created from. And you will become powerfully proactive about that the assistance will appear. The ways to do it will show up. The inspirations of how to do it will emanate within you and the path towards the physical reality of your already established beingness will light up for you. The beingness must precede the experience if you wish to change your life. That is powerful and real creation. We need to just be our truth and we can't hold anyone else responsible for it. If we do, we are living a conditional life, which is always painful. By declaring I or others I love can't be happy and safe until you stop abusing or you pay for what you have done. Do you understand how powerless that is? In relation to our children misbehaving, we may feel like this. I can't love you, child, until you do what I ask of you. Can you see how powerless that is for you and how damaging it is to your child? A much better way to live is to start loving everyone unconditionally, knowing we've all been subject to mass disconnection and painful false beliefs, including narcissists. Then we can have compassion, Stop playing victims and martyrs and really heal this one person at a time starting with ourselves which is the only place we have any power. Then we can honour ourselves and others by generating and creating all we can that is not separation, games, illusion and fear. That is when people not in this system of authenticity will either die out or shift up into personal accountability by us waking up one at a time we are waking up our world that's what we're emanating and that's what we're generating and spreading truly we can become real love and truth and invite others if they are ready to join us there and we can allow bless and wish the best for and leave alone those who are not there yet can you imagine how we could heal our world by doing that? This is how we can heal codependency on micro and macro levels. And I look really forward to any questions or comments that you have about this radio show and the accompanying article that will come out tomorrow on the blog. And please know that I am the proud creator of the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program, which humbly to date has helped thousands of people from all over the world, 50 different countries, heal 
from narcissistic abuse and the accompanying codependency that has allowed it. So if you want to know more about my healing system, you can go to melanietoniaevans.com forward slash NARP. So I really hope that this radio show and article will help you wake up to the truth and help you realize how you do need to heal to become the truth that you want your life to be. So that's it for me, everybody. I hope you have a beautiful day and a beautiful week and lots of love. And I'll be talking to you next week. Bye-bye for now.